You are listening to Prickly and Blooming. And now, your hostess, Jesse Browning. All right, all right, all right. Hi, hello, welcome. Hi, friends. What do we got going on this week? Um, we got another interview, just like every week. <laughs> um, what else do we have? We have our social medias at Prickling Blooming. We have the survey, which is on our um, website, which is pricklingblooming.com. Up at the top right corner, it says survey, uh, linked in the show notes. Of course, anything you need to know about the episode and the guests are always in the show notes, um, you know, which are right there. Click and go with those handy dandy things. I want to say a couple days ago. I think it was the fourth or the fifth. I don't remember because it was 20 years ago and we didn't have anything like social media back then, cell phones, barely. I had a cell phone. No, I was an early adopter of a cell phone. I will say that. I had a cell phone, I think, in 1998. Oh, might have been 1997. I think I had when I was 18 in 1997. No, no, no. Maybe it was 98, 99. But still, that's pretty early for a cell phone. It was one of those Nokia bar phones. Okay. I digress. I moved to Texas 20 years ago this week, this last week. So I left Massachusetts on Halloween of 2001. And me and two friends in a caravan of two vehicles um, drove down here. I think it took us four days, I think, because we, we couldn't go too fast. There was like an, one of the vehicles was like an old van, um, an old Bay State gas van. And we stayed in Tennessee for like a day. So I think it was the 4th or the 5th of November that I arrived here in Texas. Maybe it was the 3rd or 4th. Doesn't matter. If I had a cell phone, I mean, if we had social media, I could look back and tell you. But it doesn't matter. What matters is like, boom, 20 years now. 20 years. 20 years I've lived in the state. So I had to mention it since, you know, we're focusing so much on Texas. And I just want to take a moment and say, dang. So I've been here 20 years. I'm 42 right now. I just turned 42. I was 21 when I, well, maybe I was 22. (laughs) Wait, if it was 2001, how old was I? I guess I was 22. I had just turned 22, like days, like earlier in the month I had turned 20. I always thought I was 21 when I left. I guess I was 22. Whatever. (laughs) So it's been Okay, I guess one more year, it's my, half my life. Is that what we're doing? I'll be 43, and then it'll be 21 years. <laughs> or I guess at 44 and 22 is half my life. Okay, now I feel like we're arguing semantics. Are we arguing semantics? I really feel like we're arguing semantics. Let's not argue semantics about it. We're going to call it half, okay? <laughs> so as you, um, as you heard me just say, or maybe you heard me talk about it before, I grew up in Massachusetts. I grew up in Western Massachusetts in a small town called East Hampton, Massachusetts. Uh, I believe there was about 20,000 people there when I was growing up, and now it's over 30, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I'm making this all up as I go. I don't remember exactly that at all. That's what I just have in my head. Maybe it was even less than that when I was a kid. I don't know. So it wasn't a very small town. It wasn't a very big town either. So I left and moved to Austin. I knew no one. What else? <laughs> It was a whim. I'm not a whim. That's not true. Um, it's not like I packed my stuff and left a week later. I'd been planning on it. So um, I remember on September 11th. So on September 11th, 2001, um, I was awake and I saw the second plane's head and it was crazy. I had a cell phone. 
um, in my job, I worked at a coffee shop in Amherst, Massachusetts. It was called Rayo's Coffee. Um, the owner of the location called me and I thought he was calling to say, don't bother coming in today. You know, the country's under attack. Stay home. We don't need to make coffee today. He was not calling to tell me that. And we couldn't hear each other. In fact, because cell phone service was terrible. And that was the only phone I had. He was like, you know, and he was like, never mind. I'll talk to you later when you come in. And I was like, what? You want me to come in later? All right, fine. So I remember this so well. It was September 11th and I was there working for like an hour or so and had slowed down and he said, oh, can I talk to you outside? And I was like, sure. And he asked me if, and I remember because the church bells were ringing, you could see smoke in the sky still. Um, not still, but like I, Western Massachusetts is about what, three hours from New York. So maybe about 200 miles. And I remember hearing the bells and sitting out on the bench with him right outside the back door. And he was asking if I would be interested in a management position. And I said, actually, I'm moving to Texas. And I've been wanting to tell you that I'm moving to Texas. And I guess this is the moment I'm telling you I'm moving to Texas. So that was on September 11th. So um, I left on October 31st. So, you know, a good six weeks later, I was gone. So it wasn't on a whim. I'd been planning it for a little while. It was weather induced. <laughs> it was in a weather induced coma. <laughs> um, I saw people my parents' age, which would have been in their 40s and my age now, <laughs> having to get up in the morning and go shovel their driveway or snow blow their driveway. Just deal with like eight or 10 inches of snow in the morning before you could go to work and it's dark and it's freezing. And I was just like, nah, not for me. I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. And so that was my inspiration. <laughs> Go south. And here we are. I landed in Austin, the gateway drug of Texas. Let's call it that. Let's call it what it is. The gateway drug got me here, landed me in a large city, you know, much larger than anywhere I'd ever been. But I was in my early 20s. It was like prime time living. And then, you know, I met my husband and blah, 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 blah. But I just wanted to, you know, pause for a moment and say, um, cheers to myself. <laughs> I definitely have assimilated to this state, if that makes sense. I, um, I don't know. I've, I've always felt a little bit like a stranger. Like I'm de there's definitely a cult of Texas, you know, Texas identity. We're, we're talking about that, you know, it's in the show, <laughs> but, um, there's something about, let's say called Southern living, maybe not so much Texas, but Southern living that really spoke to me and ignited like a part of me that I didn't know I had that I was, I am so chatty as a stranger. I am that person. <laughs> um, I just had no idea that I had like a bit of a, a Southern personality to me. And I really do. So I guess I'll leave it there. I got enough rambling. I just want to say it's been 20 years. It's been 20 years, half my life. We'll say half. Let's not argue semantics, okay? Okay, we're going to meet Diana this week. And Diana, um, I hope we can hang out and meet again. I wish I could hang out with them. I wish we could meet for coffee. I wish we could go, you know, for a tea after a smoothie or after a yoga class together or something. Like, they're just amazing. And Diana and I 
had a really great time. We had a really great visit. We had a great time talking and I'm rambling. Good Lord, I'm rambling. Okay, bye. Let's go meet Diana. <laughs> Hi, Diana. Welcome. Hello, Jesse. Well, here we are on this. I always have to talk about the weather, though, when it's so <laughs> unusual like this. It's rainy and cold and, like, cloudy in Texas. Yes, These days are and fun. I had, I had to go and get my Uggs out, so I'm excited. <gasps> yes! Yes. yes the first Ugg day, <laughs> for sure. Exactly. And it's, it's, there's some sort of... Like, I'm from New England, and I grew up in this weather, and I got away from it as soon as I, you know, could, because I was, that seasonal affected disorder thing is a real thing, and I did not want to live my life in it. But the joy I get from experiencing, like, a day or two of, like, cloud and rain, cold, is is lovely. And I like that. And then I'm like, okay, go away. Now bring me the sun again. (laughs) Well, the beauty is that we both are in Texas, right? And so Mm -hmm. we know that in a couple of days... It's back to yep. sunny skies. So Yep. We'll be sweating <laughs> <laughs> through our chunky sweaters in two days. The Uggs will have to go away for a second. Yeah. <laughs> the Birkenstocks will come back out. <laughs> well, now that we know that you own Uggs and live in Texas, what else? Um, like I like to say, what's the little bit about you before we know a lot about you? Yeah. Um, so I am a mom of two teens. That's sort oh, of the season cool. I'm in. Is I mm-hmm. have well, I have like an adult son. He just turned eighteen, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I feel like I'm too young to have an adult son. Like mm-hmm. I, I just that didn't happen. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, and then I have a thirteen year old daughter, and so mm-hmm. I love this season I'm in. I really am. I'm enjoying mm-hmm. teen life. I always talk about like moms have like a sweet spot, and I feel like teenage mm-hmm. is my sweet spot. Like I just have so mm-hmm. much joy from it. You know, they can talk. <laughs> they can talk to you and um mm-hmm. you know so yeah so I'm enjoying it I mean I'm a working you know I have a mm-hmm. corporate job and then I have my side uh, business as well so I'm I'm busy <laughs> yeah 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 I love that you talked about the sweet spot because I think I'd like to put out a PSA to everyone that babies and toddlers is not the end-all be-all <laughs> right I'm right there with you I'm right <laughs> yeah there with you. I'm I mean, and in in that time of babies and toddlers and being in the grocery store and, you know, a, a, a well-meaning, you know, older mom will say like, oh, enjoy every minute, go so fast. And I want to just scream in her face and be like, yeah, better go fast. I'm fucking sick of this. You know, like, <laughs> I haven't slept in four years. You know, um, I haven't like taken a shower of <laughs> a piss, yeah. you know, alone in you know six years. And, and, it, and it just like... And then it added, there's, there's this wonderful, um, I have a bookmark still, like nine years later, article that I didn't even realize it was Glennon Doyle who wrote. Oh. Like in 2012, there was this article that I've had a bookmark for years and it's called um, Don't Carpe Diem. And basically she wrote a blog post about this, uh, this exact experience of like being in the trenches of like the toddler times and well-meaning people being like, oh, it's so great. And, and you just like, some people are like, yes, I know. And then others of us are like, I fucking hate this time. Yeah. You know, this is not the time for me. Um, and then she talked about like, but then you have these moments. We have these moments where you can see it and you can see the magic. And, and I've always been more attached to that sort of style of thinking. And on that note, I want to like encourage people like you and I'm getting there with my kids is like digging on teenagers sucks. I don't like this digging on teenagers. I I, I, I love right? teenagers. I really do. Yeah. It's it's yeah. literally my favorite time as a parent mm-hmm. that I've been. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I would not, you know, I kind of like you, what you said, when my kids were younger, I was like surviving. Mm-hmm. 
I'll yeah. surviving the yeah. day. Yes, Just it was. <laughs> yes, totally. It was it's like, not a time to thrive. No, there's no I thriving. Was like, I had totally. I didn't even know. Yeah. And I know. Let me tell you, some mom, some uh-huh. moms do thrive there, right? Like they some do. moms, that is their sure. sweet spot. They love sure. holding babies. That's great. Yep. But I, I was not one of those. I was, you know, I mean, luckily my I, my kids survived. That's all I'm saying. I mean, yeah. they, we did okay. Yep. But when I started entering this, you know, teenage phase with my kids, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. I literally became alive again. I, yeah. I felt myself sort of like rebirthing myself and coming into yeah. this new phase. And I love it. I love this. Mm-hmm. I love that we can hang out and we can joke and we can be honest. Watch the I same mean, movies, just, yeah, right? Yeah, just all that stuff. It's great. <laughs> right. I love teenagers. Yeah. Good. I Yeah. And I, I've i written about it once about like the negative. I want to get to your story, but I'm like, I love this part of the, the negative. Um, uh, what sort of like expectations put on teenage girls, especially? Mm. It really bothers me. It really bothers me, and I feel like it's internalized misogyny, you know, oh, and and like one hundred percent, like they're not giving grace. We're we're forgetting what it was like to be pubescent, and like I remember a friend of mine's sister who's much younger than her said, "I like I'm crying, and I don't even know why." And it's like, yeah, exactly. Let's treat them a little kindness. Let's like remember anyway. Enough yeah. about this. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. we, can, no. we, we, yeah. we can have a whole episode. Um, yeah, I know, teenage. right? <laughs> yes, yeah. And just like people, because I have a lot of, of girls in my family, and people will be like, oh, I'm sorry when they're teenagers. And I've, I've responded with, like, oh, I'm not sure what you mean by that. You know what I mean? Like, teenage <laughs> girls are some of the most powerful, you know, uh, yeah. uh, what's the word I'm looking at? Not dedicated, but like, you know, and girl, power, forces of nature, yeah. teenage girls, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, they come anyway. with, I mean, my little girl is like, yeah. she's tiny, but she's like a powerful yeah. punch. I mean, she comes yeah. out. <laughs> so uh-huh. there's something to say to that, you know. For sure. Okay, so <laughs> now I digress. <laughs> what um, what time, like what story, where are we starting in your story? Is there a moment where you said like, this just can't be, was there a, d- a defining moment for you that you said like, just not this, or this can't be my life, or something's got to change, or, or, or I like to call it like, uh, you know, I don't think just alcoholics have like a bottom, you know, mm-hmm. I think that anybody who can, uh, is on a journey, and they are fully in their journey, can now like look back at a time and be like, oh, that's the moment, that's the moment things changed for me. Can you tell 100%. us about yours? Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. yes, I mean, there's definitely a story, um, for me, it was about 10 years ago, and mm-hmm. I was probably in the worst health, both mentally, mm-hmm. emotionally, and physically. And like I said, mm-hmm. I was surviving the, mm-hmm. the early childhood days. And it mm-hmm. really had caused me to sort of completely lose myself. And mm-hmm. I, you know, you don't know in that moment, right? Because again, you're just surviving. Yeah. And yeah. so I was in a place of transition and I was mm-hmm. forced to enter the workforce corporate life. And okay. I was in a training room and I was learning about diabetes. You know, okay. and um, the facilitator brought up like this, you know, the slide, nine risk factors of diabetes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as he started going down the list, I was like, oh, crap. Like, check, mm-hmm. <laughs> check, <laughs> that's me. Oh, no, that's me. And by the time he was done, I had seven. I had seven I of those nine, nine risk factors, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it was in that moment, like, have you ever been driving on a one-way street, like the mm-hmm. wrong way, like you're in the one way, and uh-huh. then you realize, uh-huh. 
oh crap, like all these cars are coming towards me. Like I'm going yeah. the wrong way. You know, like that moment yeah. of realization yes, that's that you're a going great the wrong one. I'm way. going the wrong way. That's the moment. That's the moment yeah. I sat there mm-hmm. and I thought, I'm going the wrong way. Like mm-hmm. I am living this life going the wrong way in my life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I went home that night and I was like in this, you know, this aha moment, right? This Oprah moment, right? Yeah. Like just yeah. feeling so awakened and mm-hmm. I'm rocking my little girl to sleep and I'm thinking and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, wow, is this the legacy that I want to give yeah. her? Like, mm-hmm. is this it right here? Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. kind of had a moment where I was reflecting upon the less the, the legacy that I had inherited, right? Generational mm-hmm. wounds, right? Like mm-hmm. moms, grandparents, cause I mean, you just sort of, of it. Yep. think this is what your life is as a mom. Like yep. this is it. And in that moment, it's like I had this awakening that I realized I cannot stay here in this chaotic emotional state. Mm-hmm. Like this mm-hmm. is not what I want to live. And this is not mm-hmm. how I want to leave to my daughter. Mm-hmm. And so I started a journey of self-discovery. I started to find out what, oh, I started to reconnect, right? With what mm-hmm. did I want? How did I want to mm-hmm. feel? And I went on this journey of self-discovery and sort of letting go of this identity, right? Because I think that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I became mm-hmm. a mom, I assumed an identity. And again, yep. it was fitting right? I needed Mm -hmm. that for that season. Mm -hmm. But looking into my future, what did I want to be? Who did I want to be and rediscovering that and, and getting in touch with that. And, um, and there were definitely things where I had to sort of overcome some limiting beliefs, right? Some trauma Mm -hmm. that kept me stuck, Mm -hmm. and doing some Mm -hmm. of that healing work so that I can move Mm -hmm. forward into this new empowered identity is what I call it. Yeah, yeah. And just going on that journey, right? Um, and, and following mm-hmm. the steps of like rediscovering yourself and your passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, but it started in that moment where I hit rock bottom, like you said, and had that epiphany mm-hmm. of this is definitely not the legacy that I want to give my children, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be driving the wrong way. Yep. Right. Yeah. So what was like? Uh, I'd like to rewind the tape. Like, how mm-hmm. did you get there? You know, let's go back now of when, you know, when, when, when he entered the wrong, the one way street. You know? <laughs> yes. How did I get there? Um, yeah. I think, you know, for a lot of us, how do we start going the wrong way mm-hmm. when it's because we're not aware, right? It's necessary. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. part of it. I feel like a lot of times mm-hmm. we get stuck in life by accident, right? Yep. Just mm-hmm. by accident. We, I didn't yep. know. I didn't know. Before I had kids, I was this like go-getter. I went to school, I I Mm -hmm. struggled, I survived. Like, you know, I had Mm -hmm. this like really survival mentality, like a warrior, Mm -hmm. right? Before I had kids. Then I had kids and there was something kind of subconsciously where Mm -hmm. I turned in my I matter card. Yes. I turned it in. It's like, oh, I'm gonna check that in for a while. And Mm -hmm. What happened is I forgot to pick it up again. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. you forget your driver's license somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. At the bar or something. You, forget, you open the, you yeah, you open the tab. That's a, <laughs> you left your driver's license there. Yeah. Yeah. 
Don't no, I, I left my tab open <laughs> and yeah, I never went true. back for it. <laughs> I never went back for it. And it, yeah. it, it got worse and worse because that's what happens yeah. with women is I see. And a lot of my clients come to me in that moment where they have that awareness of, I didn't pick up my tab again. I, I left it there. Mm-hmm. I left that card there. Um, and, and I think it happens not intentionally. I mean, that was definitely yeah. not my intentions, intentions, mm-hmm. and I wasn't even aware of it until that moment in that training mm-hmm. room. Well, I think, and I bet you would agree with me, is um, the prized uh, attribute of motherhood that we have been raised with is the selfless mom, oh the mom who gives everything. Exactly. Look at her. She's so selfless. Uh, Look at her. She sacrifices for her kids. She sacrifices everything for her kids and her family. Mm-hmm. And that gem. is the, what a gem. That is the gold star vision of motherhood of like, look at how much she does for everyone else. Yes. Look at how, you know, well she packs the lunch, how well she coordinates the outfits. Look at her beautiful family photos where uh, uh, me, I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah, when I see those perfectly yeah, orchestrated photos. <laughs> I, right? I, I, I was right? literally a mess. I was trying, I mean, mm-hmm. if I go back, I feel like, man, I wish somebody had whispered in my ear, you know what I mean? Because there was so much pain, there was so much pain and I was masking it and I did. And and the weird part is I'm a counselor guys. Like I am a counselor. Okay. By nature. So you, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know this, but like counselors aren't, don't get depressed. (laughs) Oh, right. Got it. You know, you're superhumans, right? Superhumans, just like moms. You don't have the emotional Um, spectrum, right? Yep. Yep. Mm And yeah. so uh, we're being sarcastic, by the way, just in case people don't get it. But uh, but I, if I it was a dark time and it seemed like because externally and this is something that I think your listeners are going to like relate to externally. We have such pressure to put that picture perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. We got those photos. We're mm-hmm. volunteering. We're doing the, mm-hmm. the Christmas cards. We're doing all the mm-hmm. things. And then mm-hmm. at night we're going to bed and we're crying silently because yeah. we are not yeah. wanting anyone to see not even you don't our want spouse to wake up the kids and <laughs> yeah. wake up the kids let's not wake up yeah, the kids right. um <laughs> but i feel like yeah there was a lot of just default mode right like this is right. how i've what i've seen my mom do my yep. aunts my grandmothers and yep. as much as like i Friends, felt like colleagues. i'm a, like mm-hmm. a feminist like i feel like i'm a feminist right mm-hmm. but yep you don't know if you haven't seen it and it hasn't been around you you don't know how to be a feminist and a mom at the same time i mean it just Mm -hmm. it's it's sort of like the opposite right at least Mm -hmm. in our what we've been taught right what we've been taught and so everybody starts to sort of we're like a herd right like we're all starting to Mm -hmm. kind of just travel the same way and we're all turning the wrong way and and again, not this is not for everybody. I think some people yeah. really enjoy that. But for me, yeah. it really caused this loss in my identity. And mm-hmm. and I survived and I made it happen. But it definitely was not fulfilled. Like, I was not yeah. a fulfilled person. And yeah. I didn't realize that until I was sitting there. And everything around me, my health, my emotion, my physical, everything was like, letting me know like you're going the wrong way and i wasn't paying attention mm-hmm. and you were in a, a mental health um like world if you will yeah oh 100 percent. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean yep. this these are the signs that i was helping other people by the way yeah i was helping other people <laughs> yeah. i was i, I was <laughs> um but i think that 
you know, it, there is something to say about what we've been taught and how mm -hmm. things are. And you start mm -hmm. to believe that this is it. I mean, what do you think the whole hashtag mom life comes from? Right. I mean, mm -hmm. we're just mm -hmm. like, oh, mom life, like that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. and, and you buy into that. That's all we have. Mm -hmm. Right. We buy into mm -hmm. this 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 dialogue or paradigm of like this is how we live and then we end up with you know a lot of mental chaos and emotional mm -hmm. chaos and even physical i mean for me it manifested yep. in a lot of physical stuff so if you want to share with us how was it manifesting physically for you well i was i mean i was very overweight i was like 50 pounds mm -hmm. overweight i had chronic mm -hmm. pain in my body like mm -hmm. hips feet mm -hmm. just i was in pain all the time i was going to bed with ice packs on my hips because they were wow. hurting so much just from inflammation mm -hmm. and then i was sort of numb emotionally mm -hmm. i remember mm -hmm. sort of not being able to enjoy things like we would go mm -hmm. places right mm -hmm. and like i would see everybody having like a good time and i was smiling mm -hmm. right but it was like i didn't feel joy it's like i couldn't yep. access it yep <laughs> those are the exact words i've said to in a therapy i can't access joy yeah mm -hmm. yep and mm -hmm. and i think it's important to know that like when we numb out pain we're numbing out everything mm -hmm. right you so can't selectively numb emotions <laughs> we can't be like oh i'm just going to feel happy versus mm -hmm. pain like we got to right. honor the pain so we can feel yep. the emotions right and so yep. um and so i was numbing everything which made life bearable and manageable mm -hmm. but i felt very disconnected in places like celebrations or like traveling mm -hmm. to beautiful places and me mm -hmm. sort of like not being there it's like i didn't yeah. feel like i was there um, yep. So, yeah, those are all kind of red flags that, again, I did not see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I th I've thought of two things when you were speaking. I interviewed a woman, I think back in season two, where she was on like a European vacation with her husband and her in-laws. And she's in this beautiful place and this beautiful beach. And she's like, I felt nothing. I felt nothing. Mm -hmm. And that was her moment where she was like, what is this? You know? Yeah. Um, and then uh, something else I thought of is, um, remember Inside Out? <laughs> The movie, yes. <laughs> like that movie is so wonderful for an emotional literacy standpoint. What does Joy need? She yeah. needs sadness to get I through know. it. You know, it's like yes. oh, that movie. Like you cannot like, and I think that that speaks to like something else that I like to um, get real mad about is toxic positivity. That is, mm. you know, trying to just dull all the sadness. Like you can't go either way. Like there is a spectrum of human emotions and you, you can't select which ones you want to engage with and be like, that's it. You know, <laughs> like exactly. it just doesn't work that way. And if anybody hasn't seen inside out, go watch it. <laughs> go watch it. It's so good. I was thinking when you were saying that one of the things that I do with my clients in my program is that we have mm -hmm. a whole process of honoring our pain because if uh, we want to be more fulfilled, if we want to feel mm -hmm. happier, more confident, mm -hmm. more empowered, we're going to have to walk through a little fire. We're, yep. we're going to have to honor some pain so we can be fully present in the joy, yeah. right? And yep. that's something that a lot of times when you're looking at, uh, you know, coaches, they talk a lot about mindset, mindset, change your mind. Yes, yes, we yeah, can do that. But. That's, that's but. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what are we doing with the pain? <laughs> yeah. What are we doing with the pain? Because if it's not honored, then we can't move really mm -hmm. that far from it. Yeah, yeah. You're old enough to know. Joy. Uh -huh, uh -huh. 
and pain. <laughs> Sunshine. What else? What else? And rain. <laughs> We've been, there's messages everywhere, right? right? There's messages yeah, everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> um, so when, when you were in like that time, like I like to call it the martyrdom, you know, the, the mm-hmm. cause that's like the gold stars. I like to call it the mother to motherhood as martyrdom is like the, the pinnacle on from, you know, kind of society's messaging and just like, oh, she's such a selfless mom. She does everything. She gives everybody everything, whatever. When you were like in that and you said you weren't feeling anything and you were numbing, like, was there any, like, did you have any negative coping numbing um, strategies? I like to call it for better world, lack of a better well, word. I don't know if you would call this negative, but sitting on mm-hmm. the couch at 10 30 PM, mm-hmm. grabbing Taco Bell nachos, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Waterburger, um, mm-hmm. all these fast food places at like 10, 30, mm-hmm. 11, just mm-hmm. huge, large Cokes. I mean, for me, mm-hmm. my vice is food. I mean, that's okay. sort of yep. having a history of eating disorders in my early teens and stuff like that. That's always going to be my vice. If there's ever mm-hmm. something wrong with me and that I don't cope, that tends to be the easy, the easy mm-hmm. thing for me. And, and you so like salty, definitely, savory, not sweet. Oh, savory. It sounds like. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. definitely never dessert. It was always sort of like, and mm-hmm. and I just didn't realize how often I was doing it, you know, because mm-hmm. it's such a coping thing, and I would just do it a lot. I mean, that was part of my life. Is that once the kids were in bed, we I would look at my husband and be like, "Do you want some nachos?" You know, and <laughs> and yeah, we would, you know he'd go grab them or I'd go grab them and then I'd be eating it. And, and it brought joy a little bit, right? Like there was that moment of connection, that moment of like soothiness, the kids were in bed and finally I just get to sit and watch a show. But I feel like, why was I in so much pain? You look at food as medicine, right? Like, I mean, all that Mm -hmm. stuff that I was eating, I wasn't moving. There was like no zero exercise because I was in pain. So I Mm -hmm. thought, well, if you're in pain, you can't move, you know, so I wouldn't really exercise. And then just like another thing is like, I was my biggest bully um, in my mind. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, if you catch me in a social situation, I'm pretty funny, right? I like to humor Mm -hmm. and tease, but I became sort of the jokes. You know what I mean? Like I became the jokes and and I think that's a protective of like, let me laugh at myself first versus letting others laugh at me. And Mm. yeah, and I definitely was drinking a lot more, um, more than, I mean, I I don't drink anymore just by, by choice, but, Mm -hmm. but back then I, that definitely was like a weekday kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. where I was I was drinking a lot and and definitely weekends <laughs> um, was about right. like let me let me unwind mm-hmm. so I think anything in excess right uh, sort of that's mm-hmm. a, sort of a little red flag is that yeah. things that once in a while I mean do I have nachos now absolutely right they're good yes. I love queso I we live in Texas yeah. <laughs> we yeah, live in Texas right, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm always surprised that some people up north don't know what queso is you know like oh yeah like, no I had no I never knew what queso was in New England no, isn't that crazy never. I literally yep. i'm like what okay but i love nachos yeah. let that be clear mm-hmm. but yeah in excess obviously it was not good drinking mm-hmm. a cup of you know brunch with the ladies perfectly fine in excess not so good right so it's mm-hmm. like the excess that starts to become sort of like the need for more more coping right because you're yep. suffering so you're sort of like needing more of it to get through mm-hmm. the day or through that season yep yeah, I've talked to quite a few women, and 
um, about just at the same time we kind of became moms. So you're, if you have an 18 year old, I have like a 14 year old mm-hmm. was also the rise we saw of mommy needs wine, mommy mm-hmm. drinking culture. That is part of the identity too. mommy juice, you know, blah, blah, blah. You're the reason I drink. It just became this popularized, um, and hindsight now looking at it, um, and, and having participated in it, I'm like, this is, that was awful. That was disgusting. Mm-hmm. That's awful. And I, you know, I want to see just as many, like, mommy needs water. <laughs> you know, like, wine glasses. Water? Or yeah, you know, as, as I have my little here, you know, it just, it, it became normalized. And, you know, if you look at the statistics, the, the alcohol-related deaths and drinking and, and um, whatever problems have, like, sharply, like, 84%, you know, in the last 20 years with women. It's just so bizarre how a cultural norm can just boom without kind of pausing and waiting and being like, wait, 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 is this really the best thing? Is this really the best thing that we're teaching? The only thing we're teaching moms how to cope with this, this like huge transition is like dive into that wine, you know? Yeah. And I see so many social media, like two women getting together and, you know, presenting a video or this or that or show. And it's two women drinking, you know, and, and commiserating, and I, you're probably the same as me as I want to call them up and be like, yo, girl, let's talk. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, like we'll do that whisper. Yeah. Yeah. The whisper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whisper. Because yeah. I feel like and this is why it's so important to have like a tribe, mm-hmm. a community. Right. Because like, yeah, it's like, I don't know about but when I was in that season of just like mm-hmm. the trenches, mm-hmm. I had friends. I'm not going to say I didn't have friends, but we weren't talking real stuff. Nope. We were hanging out. Our kids were playing. Mm-hmm. We were mm-hmm. just, you know, having a good old time. We were drinking. We were having a great yep. time. But yep. we weren't talking about what was going on. And I think mm-hmm. my friendships now, the you know, and again, these are the same women. <laughs> We've yep. grown up together. Yeah. But yep. the conversations that we have yep. are just like heart, soul, pain, like real stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because that's what we need and and it's like it takes this awareness right but i think that no one you know we were all sort of in the same boat so who's mm-hmm. gonna whisper and who like i mean yeah we didn't have anyone so i think that's why yeah. it's important to be in communities with other women not only in the phase that you're in but sort of people mm-hmm. along that are further along just mentors yep. because yep. we don't know what we don't know we have no awareness yep. of it yep 100 percent, totally so in that moment, we'll go back to like in the moment we were like seven out of nine, like I'm at risk factors and like I'm just I'm on the wrong, <laughs> I'm going the wrong way on this street. Right. Where did you go from there? Like what happened in that moment that like changed for you? Because that, that's, I, as you've identified, that's the moment. Like I want to go back there and what, what did you go home and like, I don't know. <sighs> Well, I probably did not have nachos that night. I know that. Right. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, um, But but in all honesty, okay, so the first thing I did, and I remember this because this is something that I teach my clients of like really starting so small where it's almost you don't even see that there's effort. I really wanted this time to stick. Now, before that, I had done, you know, I, I have a passive eating disorder, so I had a lot of like, I have done fast diets, detoxes, all those stuff. Like, I mean, and so this time around, I really felt like, okay, what's screaming at me? And really what was screaming at me was my body. And my body was screaming, it was in pain, 
it was screaming like please do something for me yeah. and mm -hmm. the easiest thing for me at that time we had a gym in the office um i used to work at the office um back then and there was a you know corporate gym right and yeah. so i decided that i would start going but because i was very overweight i was in a lot of pain i set a goal that i would go 15 minutes twice a day tuesdays and thursdays i still remember it okay mm -hmm. and i decided to just make a promise that tuesdays and thursdays i was going to start 15 mm -hmm. minutes on the bike mm -hmm. and really that was the first step and that's all i could do mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it was like that's all the energy i had <laughs> with where yep. i was in my health yeah. journey i mean and that's and an I attainable goal and then you get the the what's the you know there's chemicals involved and you might know it like the Endorphins, good feelings the, yeah, of yeah. the goal being met and then that'll keep you going but if you set a goal to go to the gym every morning for an hour before work how long before you would have failed exactly and and like we two days, and I, right? I had done that right i mean we yeah. all have done yeah, you that. Like, like, oh. yeah we both, yeah i'm like oh let's I'm go camp <laughs> right right mm -hmm. and then it's a fail right so um yeah. so i wanted this to be different and so i started mm -hmm. with that and I stayed that for like a month or six weeks. I mean, it was one of those things that I just was like, this is all I'm going to stay really committed to this very small goal. And then I think, you know, obviously I started to, um, you know, because I was in my profession, I was, you know, I was a health coach, ironically. Mm -hmm. And so I was getting training on what it meant to be healthy. And so I think I just mm -hmm. went on this journey of sort of like applying some of these things to myself, like eating more greens, drinking more water, you know? And mm -hmm. I think it's interesting when I start working with someone is like, they're always talking about, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that, I don't wanna do this. And mm -hmm. what I really encourage is like, let's not take anything off your plate first. Let's start mm -hmm. to look at things you can do. What are some mm -hmm. good things that are going to sort of give you energy, give you some things that are going to feel good to you, build that confidence right of consistency before we start taking away some of these things that again you're you're not going to let go of because right. you have nothing to replace it with right you know yep. so um so yeah that was sort of like the first step is i started addressing my physical state first mm -hmm. and then where did you go from there then did you start digging into where you were emotionally yeah then i had to do yep. the pain work I yes know. that's the added i know as hard as it is to get to the gym and you're like oh that's actually easier <laughs> i'm like i think i'd rather stay at the gym um right yeah i i started to look at the emotional pain and really mm -hmm. sort of working through my trauma again and I have trauma in my childhood and I had done counts again, all this stuff had been done before motherhood, but I think that there's layers, there's layers mm -hmm. to things. And I think as being a mom sort of triggers it. Right. And yep. we, we just tuck it away. Cause you know, we got to take care of kids, making sure they're alive, you know? And so, yep. um, so I had to sort of revisit a little bit of my trauma of like some of those beliefs, some of those, you know shameful things that i was still kind of carrying in um not mm -hmm. feeling good enough not having my shit together you know what i mean just <laughs> those that shame that came from feeling broken and i think mm -hmm. there was there's a part of our psyche that sort of brings all those limitations and fears up to the forefront when you are struggling when you're going mm -hmm. through your own and i'm going to say it i mean motherhood was traumatic for me it really mm -hmm. was i mean it was just mm -hmm. like a whole different thing i had never 
I, I, it was beautiful and I loved my kids all 100%, but it was a really traumatic where I had to stop sort of what I was doing, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody mm -hmm. went returned to work. Everybody went and did their own thing. And then I sort mm -hmm. of like was left behind. And, yep. um, and so I had to sort of address that, right? Like, who mm -hmm. am I? <laughs> who am I now? Do I want to rediscover mm -hmm. or do I want to mm -hmm. recreate? Redefine. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, redefine. Like, and mm -hmm. so that was, um, that was the journey when I started to really honor my pain. And uh, this is a part where I always tell people, this is a part you can't do alone. Yeah. You can't. Yep. You yep. can go to the gym alone. You yep. can eat healthy alone. You can, you know what I mean? Like you can do a lot of things alone. Honoring mm -hmm. your pain. Uh, I tried. I tried. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to need someone to help you because uh -huh. it's sort of yeah. like we're going under the, like, we're going to pick up the rug, right? And look under it. And yeah. if we're just by ourselves, we're going to put it back. We're going to be like, yep. no, no, that's too much. But we yeah. need someone to guide us, right? Mm -hmm. To hold our hand, mm -hmm. to encourage us, to support us while we walk through that um, and come out the other side like a shiny penny. Totally. Totally. I, I, yeah, you're not going to journal your way through that stuff. <laughs> you know, like no journal in conjunction is going to help yeah. you. <laughs> mm -mm. With processing trauma. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Just pro tip, everyone. Pro tip. A hundred percent. Yes. Yep. yep. <laughs> So did you, uh, as a, a counselor, um, had you been in counseling before? Because I'm assuming that's what, what you, you know. Yes, yes. Counseling, yeah. coaching. Um, yeah, I had had a counselor, like I said, in before motherhood. Before motherhood, yep. I did a lot of work on my trauma, eating disorders, sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. So I did do a lot of trauma work cool. before. So mm -hmm. I was not new mm -hmm. to counseling, but I was new to counseling as a mom. Yep. Yep. You know? I love that. I it's totally a trigger and for some women getting married is a trigger yeah um, you know it just like you're steaming along and you're like great i'm doing i'm checking i'm doing the things and all of a sudden ah! <laughs> like what just yeah. happened <laughs> but those yeah. are big yeah large i'm sure you might know from your you know, training of like what what it is so did you um find a new counselor like do you i'm so curious of how counselors can counsel <laughs> It's basically, <laughs> you know, like, do you, did you find somebody new or did you just yeah, be like, just, okay, so this thing is happening and I need to dig into, you know, like, were you consistently seeing someone or, or started again? No, no, no. Yeah. I just started a, a new one. Um, you know, I, I feel like as far as counselors, like we always have, like, I, I, I yeah. encourage new counselors. I mean, I think that's, that's good. Cause you can. You're building a uh -huh. relationship with someone. Mm -hmm. It's very deep. And sometimes people see counselors for mm -hmm. way too long where it's sort of like now they become more like, you know, mm -hmm. part of your life. And I think you need someone that mm -hmm. is not part mm -hmm. of your life. You know what I mean? Like where you're mm -hmm. not trying to impress them. You're not trying to like protect them. Like where you just are really 100 yep. percent authentic. And so. Um, so, yeah, I um, I got a new counselor and. Um, started doing some work on on healing and rediscovery of you know my passions and who I was just aside mm -hmm. from being a mom and then I started feeling better overall physically you know my pain went away I lost some weight um, but I got to where I was more comfortable in my body I was exercising more um, I was prioritizing myself a little bit more like making you know like doing things that mm -hmm. brought me joy Retapping to that individualism, mm -hmm. right, and, and just mm -hmm. being more authentic. 
I think that's the best thing to say is sort of like allowing myself to share mm -hmm. and open up versus keeping myself yeah. locked up and, you know, keeping all right. that pain right. sort kind of just of, sitting uh, there. Removing a mask. You're like, this is really what's going mm -hmm. on. 100%. Yeah. And how yeah. has it changed your yeah. professional life? You know, going through this, this process and this journey for yourself. You know, oh my gosh, it's, it's mm -hmm. transformed it. It really has. You know, I didn't know that 10 years ago. I didn't know that that was sort of the journey I was going to, but um, sort of like midway through my journey where I was feeling so good, I was doing my morning work. I was like, I was just feeling like on top of the world. I started to come across women still sort of like hashtagging yep. mom yep. life. You know what I mean? And, and like, oh, this is just horrible and sort of yeah. normalizing it and like, oh, this is just life. And I started to feel like a big pull to sort of mm -hmm. like squash that. Like, mm -hmm. let's not normalize okay. suffering. Yep. Like there actually is like you yep. can feel better and you can be better. But like, it's not going to happen if we sort mm -hmm. of hold on yep. to this identity that it's like, this is who I am and I'm suffering and that's okay. Let me just yep. have a glass of mm -hmm. wine and, you know, mom, yep. hashtag it, you know? And it was like this culture that I felt like just, you know, like when you buy this really mm -hmm. good sale on Target, right? Like you mm -hmm. find a really good sale. Mm -hmm. It's like clearance and you call your friend and you're like, girl, mm -hmm. go to right. Target <laughs> right now and get yourself yeah. those jeans or yeah. that sweater or whatever, right? Like you like to share it. Women yes. love yes. to share Right. Yes. I mean, that's just part of what what we are. And that's sort of how mm -hmm. I started feeling about how I was living my life. It's like I had this like secret mm -hmm. formula mm -hmm. that I had discovered and I wanted to share it. Right. I wanted to tell more people like, hey, come along like that. You don't have to stay. Yeah. It's like I wanted to be that yep. whisper. Like I said, like just oh, I want it. And so one day I was out on a walk and it was so funny. I was out on a walk and I was like just sort of thinking like what's what can I do? How can I serve? Who can I tell? Like, it just like, those are the things that I was thinking out during my walk. And I had this idea of going live on Facebook and giving a tip. That's how it started. Like, I just like, and I said, maybe I could do that like live. And, and I remember it was like, it took me like, you know, an hour or so mm -hmm. to get the courage mm -hmm. to go live on Facebook and say my two minute, like, which, now that I do lives and they last like 25 minutes or so, I'm like, what yeah, did I right. say in two minutes? Yeah. <laughs> that was impactful. <laughs> totally. I don't know what I said, but, um, but I started to do like some, you know, Friday tips for moms. And um, there was a time that I sort of, you know, took a break, didn't really think people were even caring that I was doing that, you know. And then I started getting messages like, hey, um, are you doing the tip of the week? Like I've been looking forward to it or those get me through the week. You know, like I started sort of getting messages that people were really mm -hmm. consuming it. Like they were liking and um, just again, started to kind of make more of a commitment to show up and help them. Mm -hmm. And then it just took off from there. You know, like it just like, because I gave myself permission to sort of step into this, this mm -hmm. new identity, right of where I was empowered and I was impacting others it sort of kind of mm -hmm. took off by its own and I didn't even realize like I wrote a book I decided to um, follow my dreams you know sort of like what I'd like to tell people is that 
when you get in a better place, right, and you do some of that honoring of the pain, and you rediscover who you are, suddenly you give permission for your dreams, mm -hmm. right? Whether those are dreams that you put on the shelf, or those yep. are new dreams, new things that you're excited about, right? Like they don't have to be old dreams, but for me, I had always wanted to write a book and I thought to myself, what if mm -hmm. I write a book on my journey? And so, and, and what if I mm -hmm. speak in front of people and, you know, and I just sort of started to have, allow myself mm -hmm. the dreams, mm -hmm. right? The dreams of yep. what if, and that started fueling this passion in me where, I feel so passionate about sort of helping women change mm -hmm. that dialogue, mm -hmm. that identity of that they are just thriving, mm -hmm. uh, surviving. I really want women to thrive and feel empowered enough to change their dreams because mm -hmm. they matter too. Like, let's go pick mm -hmm. up that I matter mm -hmm. card <laughs> right now. Like, let's go close mm -hmm. the tab and pick it up mm -hmm. and start mattering yep. in our life. So how do you do that? What work do you do? You do some coaching on this? I do. I do. I do. Um, mm -hmm. I do mm -hmm. life coaching one on one for women. Um, if you want you know, a little mm -hmm. bit more hands on. Um, and then I also have a group okay, program, cool. group coaching program that goes into uh, eight weeks. It's called the Empowered cool. Women's Academy. And so. Um, Very cool. so yeah. And then is that something you still have like you have two you have professional job, if you will. So you're still like in a corporate counseling kind of environment. Got it. <laughs> yes. So I'm. I okay. am still a health coach uh, for my corporate. I'm hoping you know to transition um, into mm -hmm. this new thing. I mean, well, I've been doing it for a few years, but it's really in the last year that has been like super. Mm -hmm. I'm super full. It's really growing, and finally at a place where I am going to start transitioning out. But I tell people sometimes when we change our life. This is what I think women and moms get so scared of, right? It's because we have kind of this mentality of like, go big or go home. Like, right, no yeah. pain, no gain. If it doesn't <laughs> you know I mean? hurt, it's not right. Like, yeah. And I am so yeah. against that. I do feel like you have to make a decision to go yeah. in, yep. to go all in. But I don't think you have to do it all at one time. Mm -hmm. Like, I think you can take steps towards this life yeah. that you want to create with ease with comfort, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I think that, I think that's what people yeah. get stuck on. That's why people don't want to change is because suddenly they're like, I'm going to be told to leave my job. I'm going to be told to like, you know, leave my right. spouse or run away. Right. To right. <laughs> and it's mm -hmm. no, no, you can make small changes mm -hmm. as you go along. And, and mm -hmm. that's okay. I think we were talking about this earlier in the thing, right? Like, it's okay to just mm -hmm. pick one thing mm -hmm. and work on that and get mm -hmm. confidence from that, feel comfortable, feel better before you kind of jump mm -hmm. into something else. Um, and I think that's what I've been doing with my coaching business is that I've been sort of like allowing it to just go mm -hmm. one step at a time. And when I'm ready to leave my corporate job, it's going to be like just yeah. the next mm -hmm. step. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to be like yeah. a leap. But it's going to be yep. just the next step, which I, I talk a lot about. Change is possible when you just focus mm -hmm. on the next step versus mm -hmm. the leap. You know, you'll hear a lot of people like quantum leap mm -hmm. results. Yeah, right. Don't buy into yeah. that. It's just one, time. one yeah. step at a time. Right. How do you eat an elephant? <laughs> one bite at a time. You know, like, exactly. totally. 
Um, yeah. Is, yeah. is there anything else you want to share with everyone? I feel like we're at a natural point of of wrapping up, and then I have questions, but I always like to just open it wide up of like, what else do you want to share with everybody? I guess what I would mm-hmm. want to share in closing is just that mm-hmm. you matter, right? Mm-hmm. You're important. You're a person mm-hmm. too. And I think it's important for us to give mm-hmm. ourselves permission to step into a different mm-hmm. identity, something bigger and better, or something just more peaceful mm-hmm. and more fulfilled, right? Um, it, and here's the beauty of it that I think a lot of my clients will say, it's amazing what you can change without having to change anything mm-hmm. externally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The journey yep. is internal. So don't be afraid of getting on this journey because you are so afraid of losing external right. stuff, right? Because right. that's the fear. That's the fear. Like, ooh, my life is going to look so different and I don't know what that is, so I'm so afraid. But I want you to know, like, the real change is the internal work and it's going to make the external Mm -hmm. so much sweeter. Totally. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) So I'll say ditto. (laughs) Kudos, yes. (laughs) All right, so um, these are, you know, kind of Texas-y, you know, themes. And, um, oh, definitely after this we'll talk about where people can find you and all that. And buy, buy your book and all that stuff. But, okay, cilantro, yes or no? Yes, absolutely. Tons of it. Okay, good. Yeah, right. Uh, when was the last time you went tubing? This is Texas, after all. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if you know this, yeah. but there's a tubing story here. So I'll just tell you, I had never gone oh, tubing. Oh, I did not know. I had okay. never gone tubing. I am terrified of water. I'd never okay. gone tubing, and mm-hmm. this summer, literally <gasps> this okay. summer, uh-huh. I went to twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. I uh, I was a keynote speaker for a retreat for women retreat treat. Cool. And mm-hmm. they there was an excursion to go tubing. Mm-hmm. And what was the retreat about? It's conquering fears, letting go of limitations. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and so And you're like, I'm not going. <laughs> and so I was like, I guess I'll face my fear of tubing. Yeah. And I was in the verge of tears getting into the tube. Mm-hmm. It was very fearful for me. It was one of those biggest it, it felt like climbing mm-hmm. a mountain. Now, for Texans, if yep. you're listening to this, you're probably rolling your eyes like, what is the big deal? Because Texans, too. Right, the lot. water's this deep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the but, water's like four feet deep, if that, yeah. <laughs> but I was terrified. I really was. Yeah. But I conquered mm-hmm. it. I went tubing. I did it. Yay. I can say I'm a true Texan now. I did the tubing thing. Yep. And it oh, I actually it. just empowered me to do so much more other things, right? That's how fear uh-huh. works, is you conquer mm-hmm. something and it just unlocks this other stuff. But anyways, to answer to your question is, yes, I have gone to being once. Yes, this <laughs> summer. I love it. I love it. Look at that. What was your first job, like in high school or college, like that first, like, teenage job? So I did a lot of babysitting in high school so that I wouldn't Mm -hmm. say like that's like a job for, Mm -hmm. you know, because these are all like for my aunts or for my neighbors. But Mm -hmm. but I would say my first, first real job was Jack in the Box. Mm -hmm. I worked the graveyard shift when I was in college. (gasps) Yes. I love it. Yep. Sourdough Jack every every day. That's how I rolled. (laughs) My husband's first job was at Taco Bell and mine was Subway. Like fast food is just like trial by fire, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, love it. Um, okay, what does H E B stand for? Do you know? Oh my gosh! So, mm-hmm. 
so we in 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 Dallas area we don't have an H E B. That's right. It's You're more in like the H E B. No, yeah. Yeah, we're in the no <gasps> zone. So, mm-hmm. um, I can't say I know. I, I mean, I, know. I love H E B yeah. when I go to Austin to visit yeah. my sister, mm-hmm. but we do not mm-hmm. have an H E B here, so I do not know what it stands for. Uh, so it's a family name, yeah. Howard Edward Butts. Oh. <laughs> the Butts I would, family. I would have never Isn't guessed that, great? that, by the way. I would have never Isn't that guessed great? that. Isn't that great? I know. <laughs> Howie Butts. <laughs> and of course, I don't think it is anymore, but I keep saying that their slogan is, here everything's better, because it used to be, because mm-hmm. everything is better at H-E-B. <laughs> it really is better, I have to say. I'll, yeah. I'll give it to H-E-B. I don't, yeah. Yeah, I will give, yeah. Um, I lived in the land of no H-E-Bs out in Marfa for 13 years, and I, I tell you what, once a week, we all lamented, like, what we wouldn't give for just like a pantry because the H E B pantries were like the smaller ones, even an Alpine. I would drive to Alpine just for a little H E B pantry. Like we were all because a lot of us had lived in Austin. And <laughs> I'll tell you, when I go to my oh, sister's, I'm always like, yeah. let's go to H E B. Go to H E B. Does she live in San Antonio? She lives in uh, Ron are... Rock, so she's like you know, okay, Austin yeah. area. Because San Antonio has some of the best H E Bs. So good. Uh, okay, so then this is this is the cultural like food, you know, the barbecue, the barbecue. When you're at the barbecue restaurant, you've got your meat, you've got your sides, the bread. I'm obsessed with the bread. What is your process with the bread? Do you eat the bread? Do you not like the bread? Do you, I you know what? Tell me about. One hundred percent love the sunbeam bread. <laughs> Because yes. that's what it is, right? It's like sunbeam yes, or yes, something. Yes. But it's like yes, the I'm most tender. It yeah, it's like yeah. the most tender, softest, processed bread. Like, where <laughs> do they get that bread from? It's like a cloud. <laughs> yes. Definitely bread. Definitely bread. Yeah, and I actually okay. eat it in a sandwich. I love my barbecue. Okay. Oh, yep. That was gonna yeah. be my next question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you like you make the sandwich. I make the sandwich. Do you put like the brisket? You put the brisket. Do you put the pickles and onions and the sauce on it and make the sandwich? Yep. A hundred percent. All right. Yep. yep. We can be See, friends. I had to, yeah. <laughs> well, I can't eat the bread. Oh my god. I have celiac. I have celiac disease, so I can't eat bread. So <sighs> the whole funny thing about as I as I want these stories, like because I'm now the uh, I'm the caricature that I can't that, like that pains me. Where I'm the w- white woman who's like no bread. I said I can't have any bread. I can't. I really can't eat the bread. And it's like I'm not watching my carbs. I really am not. I, if I yeah. if that bread I can't. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I will vomit. Right, yeah. No, I, I'll tell yeah. you, for sure, um, if that, if I couldn't eat bread, which I have done no carbs and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you, you put mm-hmm. a basket of bread in front of me, Yeah, it's just not good. I mean, I, mm. I sometimes don't go to restaurants because they do have a roll basket. They do. You know what I mean? Right. And they then I'm like, basket, I'm yeah. like, there, I can't. I can't. There's literally yeah. no way I can sit there with no a stopping. bread basket and yeah. be like, no thanks. So let's not no. go to places where they have bread baskets. <laughs> yeah. Well, as someone who like cries over the bread basket, like I, we'll go to a restaurant. And there's six of us, and they bring like six dinner rolls or whatever. And I'm like, none for me, thanks. Oh my I mean, my poor family. It's been six years now that I've been diagnosed with celiac, and I'm the, the same old like, oh, that looks so good. Is it really soft? Like I have the same. They're probably like, shut up, mom. You know? You're like, you can't eat bread. You can have bread if it. you explain how yeah. it feels to eat bread. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Diana, where can people find you and connect with you and all those good things? And where can they buy your book? Yeah. Um, tell me the book's name again. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the, the book's name is called Breaking Free. And you can mm-hmm. get on my website. It's dianagintospeaks.com. And you can find me on Instagram. That's usually kind of where I like to hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's mm-hmm. Diana G underscore speaks. Um, okay. Yeah. And, you know, and you can get my book from, from Instagram, too. But, yeah, my website's probably the, the easier one. Easiest way. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's it. I guess, yeah. I guess I remind everyone that, you know, I also hang on Instagram and we're, I feel like our demographic, right? That's yeah. just what we do. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> yep. Uh, and I'm prickly and blooming. And I remind everybody at the beginning, at the end of, as I have a listener survey that would really help me out if everybody could fill it out. And I made it fun with pictures. Um, and that is on the show notes here, but it's also on my website at pricklyblooming.com in the top right hand corner. It says survey. Um, and while you're listening, I remind everyone, you must have your phone near you. So whatever app you're on, go ahead and rate the show. If you are feeling saucy, write a whole review of the show, but just, just the rates help too. Um, as someone who's a creator of things, I now understand the importance of that, of listener surveys after, um, like taking a class this summer and they talk about listener surveys. I've done so many surveys now. I'm like, oh, okay, got it. You know? (laughs) And rates and reviews, I do that too, where I'm uh, like, do you have a book you need me to review? I will do it, you know? Yes, 100%. <laughs> Understanding that. You you don't understand that until you're on the other side of it. Anyway, there's my little get off my soapbox about yep, that now, everyone. Um, yeah, right, Diana, it's been wonderful to get to know you and hear your story, and um, I really enjoyed our time today, and thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me here, Jesse. I've loved it. All right, I'll say goodbye to Diana, but everyone else will meet here again next week. Bye.